Are you ready to uncover your retirement solution? Learn more as Jeremy Kyle and his guests guide you along the path of retirement and reveal the five steps you need to take to solve your retirement puzzle. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to Retirement Revealed with Jeremy Kyle. If you're a regular listener, you're probably looking for part two of a two-part series that Jeremy started on our last podcast, which is Insurance is Your Protection Plan. Now, Jeremy has decided to put this podcast right in between part one and part two because this one is very timely and is something that needs to be heard right now. So let's get to it. Today, we're going to be talking about the SECURE Act and CARES Act. Jeremy, it sounds like we're talking about taxes today. Well, we, we talk about taxes a lot here because it's uh, it's one of the most <laughs> important things out there. It's uh-huh. one of the most important things you can control. And an uh, interesting thing we can control, here we are in April of 2020. Uh, we're talking about tax planning. We just recorded some information a few months ago, and now the whole world's changing with the uh, COVID-19, mm-hmm. and the government came out with this thing called the CARES Act, and we thought it was so important. We got to get talking about uh, how this CARES Act affects you, how a recent uh, tax change in December 2019 called the Secure Act affects you. Mm-hmm. And we can't have, uh, even forget what happened in 2017 uh, with the TCJA, Tax Cut and Jobs Act, because we're still living under those rules. So we have three different tax laws we got to uh, help you figure out and plan for this year in 2020 and actually even beyond. If you're listening to this a couple years down the road, uh, it's still probably affecting you. So we got to uh, make sure we're, we're doing things with your finances uh, that are relating to the 2017 and the SECURE Act, and the CARES Act now. All right. I mean, that that is a lot of information. You and I have talked about the SECURE Act before, both on the podcast and off air, and it was pretty robust to begin with. And now we've got CARES, and that's very, very recent. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to let you go because I'm here to learn. I, I, I need to know about this CARES Act and what's, how it's going to affect me and my family. Yeah, and the CARES Act is important. It's the most recent one. Uh, but we got to talk about the 2017 Act, just a reminder mm-hmm. of what's going on right now. In 2017, they changed the tax laws, and those tax laws are the same until 2025. So we've got years uh, down the road where that law is going to affect you. And some of the biggest things there is that they did change and bring down the taxes a little bit lower. That's a, that's a help. Uh, that's something to keep in mind because if you're in a certain tax bracket now, like the 12% or 22% bracket, expect in 2026 for that rate to go up. So maybe mm-hmm. you ought to be looking at what can I do now to pay taxes at a lower rate today to help save taxes at a higher rate later on. That's a common guide point anyways. You should always be looking to pay lower taxes versus yeah. paying higher taxes. And a lot of times that means you're taking some proactive uh, things with your, your planning. Another part of the 2017 law that's a big deal is they double the standard uh, deduction. It helps out a lot of people, um, but what it also does is when you're somebody that itemized, somebody that had a, a mortgage or uh, or a big charitable giver, mm-hmm. uh, chances are you might not be itemizing, and we still want you to be giving money to charity, but the way that you were doing it in the past might no longer be benefiting you tax-wise, and we need to be keeping an eye on that so that we make some decisions, maybe do things a little bit differently so that you still get the advantages tax-wise for when you're giving out money to charity. Yes, absolutely. So a couple things on that, just uh, if you are charitable and you're giving money to charity, uh, three things we want you to do. Think about, can you bunch together your charitable contributions? The government's not forcing you to give money in December and January. You could choose to kind of double up in December or skip December and give more in January. So that's Mm -hmm. called bunching, where you're intentionally taking 
maybe one or two years worth of deductions or contributions and putting them into one tax year. Okay, so let me let me just clarify because I think this is something that a lot of people do out there giving to their church, right? So if you're if you're regularly giving to your church as a regular donation, can you take the entire year's worth of whether you call it tithe or offering or both, put that all together maybe in December, you've given all year and then you're going to you're going to pre-give for the next year all in December and and take that as part of, you know, a tax uh, cut. That's exactly it. That's called the bunching idea. If you're somebody that maybe gives $5,000 a year to charity, instead of doing $400 a month for two years straight, maybe you do that the first year, but perhaps in December, if you get the chance, uh, take five grand and give it to charity right away in December. That way you get 10000 in one year, zero the next year, as far as the tax laws are concerned. The church got the same dollar amount. Uh, they got a little quicker, which they probably wouldn't mind uh, mm-hmm. either. Uh, but when you bunch it together into one year, you're more likely to get that itemized situation. And there's some real tax dollars. We do this with a lot of our clients. And we um, have another one we'll talk about real quick too called Qualified Charitable Distributions. So we've mm-hmm. got a client uh, came on in and they're somebody that was over the age of 70 and a half. They have the ability to take money from IRAs and give it directly to their charity. Uh, they had uh, been working with another advisor before and the way they were doing it they were taking their required minimums, taking money out of their IRAs in the early part of the year, writing checks to their charities in the later part of the year. And we said, when you're doing this, you no longer get this itemized deduction. We looked at their taxes. We look at people's taxes all the time. And for them, they were no longer getting the itemized deductions. And when we took a look at it and said, why don't you take your IRA money and give that directly to charity using this rule? You got to be 70 and a half. It's got to go from your IRA directly to charity, but that rule is called Qualified Charitable Distributions. Mm-hmm. When we ran the numbers, they were saving $2,500 a year by using this rule called oh, the Qualified yeah. Charitable Distribution. They did nothing different. Instead of filling out a form, getting the money, and then writing a check to charity, they actually saved some time. They filled out the form, sent it directly to charity, and they were able to get this uh, big tax help with the Qualified Charitable Distribution. So that's a big help too. So look at bunching your uh, contributions try to take maybe two years worth of contributions and stuff them into one year. That's one help. Mm-hmm. If you're over 70 and a half, another thing to do is that qualified charitable distribution, take your IRA money and send that directly to charity. I'm thinking of another new client in the last year where they had some extra money in uh, their bank account and they are really good, consistent givers. They give $10,000 a year to their church. They are great tithers to use uh, that word you're using there. So they're given consistently over time and they said, how should we invest this 30 grand? Well, when we looked at their taxes, they were no longer getting that itemized deduction. And we suggested, take that 30,000, put it into something called a donor advised fund. Mm-hmm. So they were able to get a tax deduction that year and then let that donor advised fund pay out the charity consistently over time. So they basically took three years worth of contributions. They put 30 grand into this donor advised fund. They don't have to write a check out to charity for the next two or three years, they'll just let their fund pay out to charity the next two or three years. But they are able to get all the deductions showing up in that one tax year. And for them, they said their refund, I just talked to them recently, they said their refund was over $4,000 better than they were expecting. And it had a lot to do with that donor advised fund with that's kind of a way to supercharge those bunching of deductions. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that is a perfect example because you're going to itemize one year and then maybe the next two years you're not itemizing at all, but you get such huge benefits. And I don't know anybody, personally, I don't know anybody who wouldn't like to save an extra $2,500 in a year. <laughs> just, Why not? And of course, yeah, you know, just, everyone's different, yeah. but you, that's the whole point of tax planning is take what the government gives you with exactly. these different tax laws and project out how it might look to you uh, the next few years. Uh, we've been doing this all the time. We've got tax software that helps us uh, figure this out. And you can have an idea of what your actions today, uh, how that would affect you over time. And you can make some good decisions that'll save you some tax money. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So this new SECURE Act from December 2019, the CARES Act, that doesn't change at all the importance of tax planning. It just gives you some new information, some new ways to go about it and look at it. And we'll talk about two things real quick on the SECURE Act before we get into the, the CARES Act. But the idea of the SECURE Act, uh, that was really focused on retirement type of stuff. And two big changes is that they moved the required minimum distribution day until your age 72. It was 70 and a half, which how many people celebrate their 70 and a half birthday? <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. So 72 is a lot easier to understand. It's really odd. We've had clients uh, where the husband was born in June and the wife was born in August. So he hit 70 and a half in one year. She didn't do it till the next year. And they're thinking, we're the same age. You know, we're five weeks apart. Uh, but they were in completely separate years because of this whole half birthday deal mm. with uh, required minimums. So it makes things a little bit easier. Required minimum distributions now are at age 72. So the year you turn 72 is when you have to take that required minimum distribution. And what's important about that too, I believe, is that uh, they still left QCD, Qualified Charitable Distribution, to 70 and a half. So you might turn 70 and a half. You might not be forced to take money from your IRA uh, that's a good thing, but you may want to take money from your IRA to make use of that rule. So still keep in mind, 70 and a half is a big deal. If you're somebody that has an IRA and gives up money to charity, I think that just about describes every client that we're working with. Yeah, great. Second part of it that changed, and this is a big deal too, is this thing called the stretch IRA, where you used to be able to leave money to your kids, your grandkids, and they could take that money out slowly over time over basically their life expectancy, perhaps 30 or 40 years. And now they shrunk it down to 10 years. So it's a lot quicker mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that this money has to come out. And where it's really important on that is there's a lot of times people have trusts that were written up based on that old rules of the life expectancy. So if you have a trust, uh, talk to your attorney, talk to your financial advisor. If you have a trust where you are planning on having your IRA money go into that trust, and have it go from there out to the kids and grandkids, you might want to just look at that. You, there might be some things you got to change around with that. But the idea of it's no longer 20, 30, 40 years based on somebody's uh, life expectancy in a way, it's now down to 10 years that the money has to get out of that uh, inherited IRA. Yep, absolutely. Good. Well, let's get to uh, talk about CARES. The CARES Act just passed in March of 2020. Big deal. Had a lot to do with the coronavirus, with COVID-19. And what they're trying to do is to change some rules around to just keep people working, help people still paying their rent, still paying their mortgage. And what's important with a lot of this stuff is uh, things that we knew three weeks ago, right? Three months ago, mm -hmm. completely changed now, right? And some parts of it, uh, just you got to know some parts you should take advantage of and some parts you might want to be a little bit careful of, right? So a few things you ought to know is that they extended the tax filing date and the tax payment date until July 15th. 
So you got three extra months to file your taxes That's if nice. you haven't done that already. Nice thing. Gives us a little bit more time to do that. Uh, also, too, if you're somebody that can contribute to an HSA, which is a health savings account, or a traditional IRA, or a Roth IRA, you now have until July 15th to go make that happen for the prior year. So now's a good time. You might have a little extra time on your hands if you're in the middle of this uh, stay, stay at home, safer at home work uh, situation. It might be worthwhile to revisit and say, do I have extra money? Should I be adding money into my HSA or IRA or Roth IRA for last year, for 2019? You get this little bit of extra time thing, which is which is a great thing. Nice. Yeah, that, that's extremely helpful. Yeah. Um, now we start talking about some money, right? They, they came up with these things called recovery rebates. And mm-hmm. what's interesting about it is it's not a subsidy. It's not them giving everyone a certain dollar amount. They call it a pre-refundable tax credit. Goofy, um. <laughs> goofy situation. <laughs> what is that? Yeah, well, it's actually been used before. That's how they subsidize, in a way, the Affordable Care Act is technically when you have the Affordable Care Act and they're giving you a subsidy, it's not truly a subsidy. They're just giving you this thing called a pre-refundable tax credit. They're kind of... They're giving you a tax law situation, but they're giving it to you ahead of time. That's the pre-refundable uh, where that comes in. Uh, but the reason we're talking about this is understand, even when you get that money, get that 1200 bucks, whatever it happens to be for you and your family, uh, you're still going to have to have that situation showing up on your tax returns uh, for 2020. This is a pre-refundable. They gave it to you early, but it's related to the tax credit. So don't be surprised a year from now and if you're, you're filing in spring of 2021 for this year's taxes 2020, uh, that they might be asking you some questions about that. They might be uh, looking through at your income and making sure you qualified uh, for that situation. Basically, what they're doing is they're giving out $1,200 per person, $500 per kid uh, if you're under 17. So your 17-year-old isn't worth any money to you right now, right? They're, they're, <laughs> eating, your, they're eating $500 worth of stuff out of your fridge right now. Yeah, just, exactly. You're not getting any cash back uh, for it. And what they want to do is make sure it really gets to the people that need it. Mm-hmm. And in their definition, if you're single and you make 75000 or below, you get to keep the whole thing. If you make more than that, then they start taking back a little bit uh, of that. Right? They figure, oh, you're making a lot of money. You're, you're going to be fine. You don't need this $1,200. Uh, if you're an uh, individual who is uh, married, right, it's 150000 right? It's not a uh, turn on, turn off thing, or they kind of grade it down over time. So where this comes into play is if you have not filed your 2019 taxes, this, this part's very important. If you have not filed your 2019 taxes, you obviously have filed your 2018 taxes. They're just going to look at the either or, and whichever one's a higher number, they're going to say, uh, well, you qualify based on that. So if 2018, you had low uh, income, and 2019, maybe you sold a business, you sold some stock, for some reason, your 2019 income was really, really high. Uh, you might not qualify. You might not get that um, that that mm-hmm, tax credit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, what's important here is if you had a really high tax year in 2018, and you have a low tax year in 2019, and you did not file yet for 2019, you might want to go and file. Do it quick. So yeah. that you get kind of that lower that 2019 year in there. Mm-hmm. But then the opposite is true. If you had lower income in 2018 and you had higher income. In 2019, maybe wait till July 15th, right? Maybe take that full uh, length of time and don't file yet. Don't give them that higher number yet uh, to show up and have them come up with a reason why they shouldn't send you that 1200 bucks. So a little complex there, but if 
you are somebody that had this up and down type of income, think through, should I be filing my 2019 income taxes as soon as possible so I get a lower year in there and get this credit? Or should I be holding off so maybe I kind of don't let them know yet about that big tax year uh, so that they still give you the credit then? Okay, so when, when you say prepaid tax credit, what happens in 2021 when we're filing our 2020 taxes? Are, is that, you know, if we're supposed to get a rebate, we're not going to get as much? Or if what if we weren't going to get a rebate? Maybe we're just going to break even. Let's make an easy example. In my taxes, I'm going to completely break even. I'm not having to send a check in. They're not having to send a check out to me. Uh, am I going to owe them money because of the money they gave me? That's, that's what's interesting. I've read three separate articles about this. And the way the, the rule is written right now, and these are the three articles I read from very, very reputable sources, uh, they say that the way the law is written, if you got tax money and, and you got this recovery rebate in 2020, and it turns out you didn't qualify, you don't have to pay it back. That just seems too good to be true, uh, right? Yeah. They've, I've got a feeling, right? We got a lot of time between now and when taxes are due mm-hmm. in 2021. I've got a feeling that they're going to fix that, you know? My personal opinion, they, they probably ought to fix that, right? If they sent out money to somebody because they thought they were low income, mm-hmm. uh, lower income rather, and it turns out 2020 was a good year, right? The big example is, you know, what if you're a toilet paper manufacturer, right? 2020 <laughs> might be a good year for you. Better year, yeah. <laughs> it might be one of your better years. And they're saying, wait a second, we're all paying premium dollars for toilet paper right now, uh, and they're going to get a tax credit? What do we need to do here? So chance, I got a feeling. I just have a feeling that they're going to... Uh, figure out that, hey, if you happen to have a good tax year in 2020, uh, that you might have to pay this back. That's that's conjecture. We don't know. Uh, the way the law appears to be written right now is that's not the case, but we got a lot of time. And the reason we brought this all up is that uh, just because you get a check doesn't mean it's done with, mm-hmm. right? This is yeah. not just free money uh, to you. This is uh, something to do with your 2020 taxes. Uh, even if you aren't paying anything back, uh, you're going to be uh, having to write out stuff on your tax forms about it. Yep. Uh, but don't be surprised if they change the rules later on. We'll let you guys know if they do change the rules. Uh, but don't be surprised if this year happens to be a good income year. Hopefully that's the case for you. But don't be surprised if you do have to kind of pay that back in a, in a way. Got it. All right. What's the next thing we're going to cover in the CARES Act? Yeah. Well, a couple of things on here we want to be kind of careful about is the government allowed all of us to take up to hundred grand out of our IRAs and out of our 401ks without this 10% penalty. Mm. If you're below the age of 59 and a half, usually there's a 10% penalty because they don't want you to take money out of your IRA. It's for retirement. But they figure, well, now is a big uh, situation. You might need some money out early. Uh, Let's let you take the money out early without the 10% penalty. The careful part is people hear no penalty and they hear, they think no taxes, right? Mm -hmm. You still owe the taxes on your 401k. You still owe the taxes on your IRA. So just because there's no penalty doesn't mean there's no taxes. So keep that in mind. The other part too is if the market is down, right? If the market is down 20, 25, 30%, is that when you want to be selling and taking money out of your 401k, out of your IRA? Or would you rather let it, you know, rebound and come back up? Yeah, probably not a good idea to, yeah. I, I would think so. Uh, if you really, really need the cash, you know, maybe that's a place you can go to now and not have that 10% penalty but worthwhile to figure out, do you really, really need the cash? A lot of times you don't, and a lot of times you might be better off just letting that money stay in the IRA, stay in the 401k, let it rebalance, uh, let it come back up again. Mm-hmm. A couple other things in there, some things that maybe are a nicety. If you are somebody with a required minimum distribution, 
you don't actually have to take it out this year. What we're loving about our clients is when they said that, we had a lot of clients emailing in saying, I know I don't have to do it this year, but I want to actually give money, give extra money to charity because they need it as well too. So we've mm-hmm. had a client still calling us up knowing that they don't have to take out the required minimum this year, but they're still making use of that qualified charitable distribution, still sending money out to charity. That's an awesome thing. That is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. A couple other things too. If you're a business owner, you need to look in this thing called a paycheck protection program. It's a, a way to get a loan from the government that they're probably going to forgive a lot of it, uh, that loan for you. And the whole point is they want small business owners to stay in business, keep people employed. So take a look, call an SBA, Small Business Administration lender, and ask them about the Paycheck Protection Program. Great way to get some money from the government now that most likely if you follow the, the rules and keep your keep your folks employed, right? That's a helpful thing what they're trying to, to do there is to make sure that uh, you get some cash now to keep everyone on the payroll. So take mm-hmm. a look at that if you're in the uh, small business owner, the Paycheck Protection Program. Got it. Good point. Yeah. A couple other things we'll wrap up with on the CARES Act, and then we're going to talk about what hasn't changed. Some things haven't changed. It doesn't seem like it, but some things haven't changed. Yeah. Um, and just last thing, uh, really, that if you got uh, kids, grandkids with student loans, they can defer their payments until September 30th. They don't have to pay their student loans back until September 30th. What's interesting is, you know, everyone's banking online. They got automatic payments. If you're set up on automatic payments, it's still going to keep on happening. You might want to call in and say, take me off of automatic payments on my student loans so that you can defer and Mm -hmm. and push out those student loans. So if you keep on paying it automatically, they're not going to give you your money back. (laughs) But uh, uh, if you are in that situation, you got to call in got to stop those automatic payments to, to make use of that part of the program. All right. Yeah. So CARES Act just kind of got sprung on everybody, March of 2020. It's going to affect us for this year. It's going to affect us for, for many years. Uh, but there's some things that still haven't changed. Uh, one of those things that hasn't changed is tax planning is still important. Every single time they come up with new tax laws, it's more important. You got to keep up with these tax laws. Uh, got to take them uh, to the best advantages, got to understand what the tax laws are and make use of the rules uh, that are out there. That's why we focus so much on the tax planning piece of it. We believe that's something you can control. You obviously can't control the market. And the tax planning is something that's so important. Uh, and that'll always stay important. Uh, no matter what happened with this CARES Act, SECURE Act, uh, it's it's still very important to keep on with tax planning. Yeah, absolutely. Great points today, Jeremy. This was a really good podcast, a lot to cover. If people want to reach out and have more of a discussion, because obviously in a you know, 25, 30-minute podcast, you can only say so much and only do so much. Mm-hmm. And these are really, really important changes, and, and, and it's a big deal. So somebody's yeah. th- sitting there thinking, you know what, I'm kind of in that situation, or you know, one of the things that Jeremy said really resonated with me. What's the best way to reach out to you to get a, a conversation going? Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll tell you that real quick, and then we're going to go through, uh, just to finish off, five things you can do right now that you need to do right now based on the, the CARES Act to Secure Act. So if All you're right. uh, needing some help with your tax planning, needing some help with your retirement and investments, give us a call. It's 262-333-8353. You can check us out online at kylefp.com. That's K-E-I-L-F-P.com. Got some great information on there about tax planning about uh, the coronavirus, about all these different rules uh, that are out there. But if you're sitting there thinking, what can I do uh, based on all this? Uh, Number one thing uh, related to the CARES Act is just decide for yourself. Find out 
if you're going to have higher income in 2019 or 2018. And if you're going to have higher income in 2019, you may want to delay filing your tax return. If your 2019 income is lower than 2018, you might want to file it uh, right away. Mm -hmm. If you're somebody that owns a business, you need to go out there and check out the Paycheck Protection uh, Program uh, through the SBA. Call an SBA, Small Business Administration Lender. Uh, you, you need to look into that. That's going to help you keep your business afloat, help you keep people employed. That's the whole reason they came up with this act. If you're somebody who's charitable, you're giving money out every year at charity, um, take a look at these things called qualified charitable distribution. Take a look at stacking your deductions all into one year, bunch them into one year. Uh, take a look into that donor advice fund. If you're somebody that has a 401k or traditional IRA, the market's down right now. If you do something called a Roth conversion, we just helped out somebody uh, a week ago where we said, man, the market's down 35%. Let's do a, a Roth conversion. We converted more than we normally would have because we figure who knows when, but at some point in time, this money will come back up. And when it comes back up, uh, it'll be inside of that Roth IRA at mm -hmm. a tax-free situation for them. And last thing is uh, before you do with anything, you need to create a plan. It really helps if you have a, a guide to help you through that plan. And when you act on your plan, act on the plan. Don't react to what the markets are doing. Yeah. Don't make long-term decisions based on a short-term circumstance. You follow those rules, I think you'll be all right. Yeah, absolutely. Again, I think that's, uh, you, you really put the exclamation point on this entire podcast. Act on your plan, get somebody to work with, whether that's Jeremy or whether that's, uh, you know, you've got a current advisor, start making some phone calls because you've got to have a plan and got to get it in place so that you are prepared for what's coming. And three different tax laws that are still going to be affecting you for years to come. That's nothing to play around with. We want to make sure that yeah, everybody sure. is secure and and uh, knows exactly how to take advantage of the, the positive things and how to avoid the negative things that are coming from all these different laws. So, Jeremy, mm -hmm. again, wonderful podcast. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Eric. We'll talk soon. All right. Sounds good to me. And for you, the listener, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast with Jeremy Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Jeremy comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device which makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Kyle Financial Partners, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. Content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.